Welcome, and thank you for joining us today for the Integrated Advisors Network Journey to Independence podcast series. I'm Linda Picks, co-founder and chief relationship officer for Integrated Advisors Network. Our tagline at Integrated is ownership without being on your own. And what we mean by that is we provide financial advisors with a platform to support their independence. Integrated Advisors Network is a registered investment advisory representing a nationwide network of more than 30 advisory practices with over $2 billion in assets under management. At the core, our integrated platform empowers advisors with 100% ownership of their business and the freedom to focus on their clients. Every advisor dreams of owning their own practice and controlling their destiny. At Integrated, we make that dream a reality. So our goal is to provide our listeners with real stories from real advisors who are nice enough to share their real life journey to independence. With me today is my partner and president of Integrated Advisors Network, Jason Inglis. Jason, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Linda. Thanks. And thanks for letting me be a part of the podcast. I'm really excited for people to hear these stories. Me too. I really believe that people can learn a lot from the experience of their peers. I mean, why not benefit from advisors who have already gone independent? So today on our Journey to Independent podcast, we have uh, Josh Bradley with Capital City Financial Partners in Columbia, South Carolina. And wow, I just, he's got such an energy about him, Jason. I really does. I I love hearing his background. I love hearing about the influences in his, in his life and, you know, what set him off on his journey because, you know, everyone does have a unique journey and, I think his is a great one for us to start with by sharing that and hoping that it resonates with someone that's looking to make that move. Yeah. And and it's amazing to me how much he has done at a young age. You know, now that I'll be 50 in a month, everyone is young to me. But at at (laughs) at a very young age, he's been able to navigate a couple of different nuances within the financial services industry where he's worked for the big wirehouses. He's worked for, you know, big companies and small companies. And he had, you know, a, a start to independence and then left it and then came back. And just to see how his company, Capital City Financial Partners, is, is really growing like a weed. And yeah. But I think one of the really interesting things about Josh is his focus you know, and that he really tries to concentrate on what he does and then build himself or surround himself with people who are like, have the same values and that he can trust to do everything else. And so I think that that focus really comes through. And I'm just impressed at such a young age he's at all he's been able to accomplish. Yeah, I, right there with you. But what I also like, too, is that with his internship program with the with the college that He's getting people to come into the financial services industry that probably never thought that they would. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and so he shares a little bit about that in his story as well. And I think you'll find it. Uh, we hope that our that our listeners find that interesting. Uh, and we hope that you tune in and we hope you enjoy the this podcast series with the Journey to Independence featuring Josh Bradley of Capital City Financial Partners. Joining us today is Josh Bradley of Capital City Financial Partners. How are you today, Josh? Wonderful. Great to be here. Excellent. Well, we're happy to have you. And for those of you who do not know, uh, Capital City Financial Partners really focuses on uh, retirement income for their clients. And uh, Josh, as the name might imply, is in the capital city of South Carolina, where he grew up and still lives and attended the University of South Carolina. 
and was also in the South Carolina Air National Guard, as was his wife, Ashley. I know she served there too. And they have three daughters and a son. And in his spare time, Josh likes to be with his family and traveling and cheering on USC sports, much to my chagrin as a University of Georgia graduate. But uh, <laughs> Josh can be reached at Josh at Capital City FP, like financialpartners.com. Anyway, like I said, Josh, we're super happy to have you here on the podcast today to share your journey to independence. So thank you for taking the time. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. Let's just start at the beginning. You know, what got you into this industry of ours? Yeah, I I was always uh, really good with math as a kid. I just whizzed through that stuff. Didn't say I necessarily enjoyed it, uh, but I was really good at it. And then uh, late in high school, uh, I took an accounting class. And all of a sudden, when you put a dollar sign in front of formulas and math, it got really, really interesting for me. So I just love the concept of, of money. Um, you know, I love the thought of making money, but just the, all the concepts of investing, savings, accounting, and all that. So I went to Carolina under accounting, quickly realized while I was good at math and all that, I did not want to be stuck in a closet, <laughs> running a bunch of numbers, um, liked a lot of interaction with people. And so I kind of switched from accounting to finance and was still kind of, you know, uncertain about what I wanted to do, because like I said, I really enjoyed being in front of people and talking to people and interacting with them. And so uh, kind of uh, in between uh, college, I I joined the Air National Guard, decided it was a great opportunity to basically pay for my master's degree. Oddly enough, uh, business took off. I've never utilized those benefits with the Guard, but that was my intention. Uh, The other reason why I joined the Guard was I did computer networking. So I thought, man, that'd be a great fallback skill set if, you know, finance or accounting or something like that didn't work. Um, this was right after kind of like 2003-ish. So right when we were going into some some war stuff. So a little bit of, you know, service there for that. But I was out in the guard uh, for several months, Did went through my basic training, boot camp, all that other stuff, came back and I always read finance uh, on Yahoo every day. I love, like I said, I love money and the concepts. And there was an article on there about the top 10 professions in America, right up in the top 10 was financial advisors. And as soon as I read that, I said, that's exactly what I want to do. It combines my skill sets, but it it allows me to work directly with individuals and have a big impact on individuals' lives and not just for some big corporation or stuck in a closet somewhere. So I applied to a firm and then off I was, was going running from there. That's that's incredible. Well, thank you for your service. Absolutely. Yes, thank you. Wow, what a story! I uh, I think that actually kind of goes into our uh, to our next question about what you know what was one of the catalysts that made you decide to jump to you know the independent space of the financial services industry. Yeah, so I so I got involved with a firm here locally when I first started up, and and boy, they were extremely successful. So they did a lot of things right. This is one of the the biggest firm in South Carolina, probably uh, fastest growing. I learned a ton, but then I realized that in this world, there's a lot of things that uh, success and doing the right thing are not necessarily the same. And I realized that a lot of the way things they did business didn't sit well with me um, because I still want to do the best for my clients. So learned a lot. It's a great opportunity. But within 18 months of starting this business, 
I, I decided to go out on my own and, and oh, wow. take my skill sets and, and, and do this on my own. So that was a definitely a scary adventure. But as I look back at it, I mean, it's it's been a great, a great ride for sure. You definitely um, were ahead of the curve on that. I love it. <laughs> no, definitely. And you've, one of the reasons why we were really interested in, in hearing Josh's story is because you've made the jump to independence a couple of times in your career. Maybe you can let us know uh, a little bit more detail about that, because I know that you've gone, you've really represented almost all channels in this business mm-hmm. at, at a young age. So, you know, maybe enlighten us a little bit on your uh, on your journey from where, where you just were, from where you left that firm. Sure, sure. So when I left that firm uh, 18 months in, I, I went to an independent broker dealer, so once again, all my own, out of my house, a lot of stuff. I mean, wide open spaces, but a lot of constraints in other ways. Did successful with that. I grew that practice for probably 10 plus years. Uh, actually, you know, joined a partnership with another group and we grew a firm, golly, with golly, seven offices, like 30 employees. And we were just at different points in our career. I was a little bit younger, more growth oriented. Um, they were maybe on not the tail end, but the midpoint. And we broke up geographically, still friends, still talk to them. With that, I, I made a jump. And I know it's, it's never heard of to go from independent broker dealer to wirehouse. It's like, I don't know, Luke joined the dark side. But it was a good <laughs> opportunity for me to, unfortunately, you know, make that transition from the partnership with no hard feelings, financial or anything like that. However, <laughs> as I got there, I quickly realized like, man, oh God, that was a big, huge mistake. So within four months, we actually moved from uh, the big wirehouse and went out uh, back again on our own, uh, so to say. And this time was a little bit different. So before I moved and we split the partnership, we had explored opportunities to open our own RIA and we thought there was only kind of one way to do it. You spend a bunch of money, you open up your own RA, everything's on you. And we decided we weren't ready for that yet. And But when I left Merrill, um, it, I talked to actually somebody with Raymond James. They're like, no, no, there's other options out there for you that you should consider. There's kind of this in-between option that's maybe a little bit more like the independent broker-dealer side that you went to. So talked to some consultants, settled on joining an existing RIA. And um, once again, it was an opportunity where I I knew how to run a business because I was on the independent side. I knew that I didn't want to be constrained in a lot of areas. Um, However, I wanted the option to be able to add some of that structure, like compliance and maybe even some investment management. And and joining this kind of a hybrid uh, RIA option allowed me to pick and choose the items that I wanted to run as my business and allow the RIA to take care of all this other stuff that wasn't in my purview. Um, And those opportunities weren't available on the independent side or on the warehouse side. It was either hard and dry one way or the other. And that flexibility has been a huge key um, for that move uh, back to independence and our growth from then on. No, that's, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because it it is, almost like a, like a speakeasy or a secret, that model of supported independence, if you will. Um, it really seems like most people think, well, it's either this way or it's this way. But what you're saying is there's a way in the middle that may be better for people who are inclined like, like you are, where you're, you're very business-minded, 
you've, uh, as I like to say, been to the puppet show and seen the strings. <laughs> so, so you're interested in doing your own um, business. Now, your, your business, obviously, Capital City Financial Partners has been very successful. So congratulations on that. Um, would you say or, you know, that, that it's affected your business and personal life? You know, I know you have uh, three daughters and a son and your wife, Ashley. So do you think the model that you're in right now helps you helps your personal and business life and give you some sort of uh, or greater balance in those yeah. areas? Two different ways I'll look at that. One is the balance of work and all that, which is great. The also is just the the mindset. Um, I got in this career field because I wanted to be important in people's lives, to be honest with you. I wanted to be in what I call one of the higher calling professions. I can't even get injections. Like I'll pass out giving blood. So I couldn't be a doctor. I was afraid <laughs> to get in front of people and talk. So I couldn't be a preacher. And I was like, man, I get to help with their finances. I'm in your top three. And I do value and I view our career field as one of the higher called. We we're, should be held to a higher standard. And I'm generally a nice guy. I, I'm happy all the time. I'm an optimist. And that bleeds through into my entire household. And I'll be honest with you, when when I went to Merrill Lynch, money's great. You know, what they did was not the devil. Okay. So, you know, there's there's a appropriate spot for everybody. Okay. But that wasn't for me. And it got to a point where my mindset was really drained and negative. And it impacted my entire life, my personal life, my work life, because not that I thought I was doing bad for the clients. However, I realized that I was no longer doing the best thing for my clients. And that did not sit well with me uh, for that. And so having this independence, I get to maintain and re-engage that understanding that what I'm doing is exactly what I should be doing for our clients, the best thing. And so personally, that's uplifted me back and it's been a happy five plus years, I can tell you that. Balance wise, you know, running a business, uh, whether you're on one side of the firm or the other, you've got to work hard at that to make sure that you're, you're striking that good balance. Um, I will say this with the, on the independent side, we've built a good team that can allow me to spend way more time, uh, go to games, you know, do a little bit more vacation with the family, which has been important. And then also relying on sometimes uh, our RIA support when maybe a lot of us are gone. We took the whole team away on a big uh, trip to Cancun for this year and uh, nobody was in the office. However, the the firm, RIA firm was there to step in for the day. And if we had some trades or something with that. So it's definitely been a much more good work balance, not saying I'm not working less, but it's, I'm able to pick and choose and dedicate time to be away. And it's a lot funner for sure. For me. I love that story, Josh. I, I remember talking to you right before you took the, took the group out to Cancun. And I just, I love the fact that people in our, people in this side of the industry on the independent side can have that freedom and flexibility and still you know, be there for their clients and and be able to find more of that balance. Um, but that kind of leads me into another question. I mean, what is there? Is there something you wish you knew before you made the move versus what you know now? And yeah. and, and, I, and I asked that I asked that with two with two with two things in mind. You did make the move more than once. So could, is it something that could have prevented you from having to make the move more than once, or was there something there that made you realize, hey, you know what? It's helping me on my path each time I make each time I make some type of transition in my, you know, in, in my career path, if you will. 
Yeah, every time I always go go back in time and that that eighteen months in, if I could have gone and all opened up an RA, I wish I could have done it back then. I don't even know if it was available uh, or popular. <laughs> it wouldn't have been an option. It's so easy hindsight. Obviously, I should have done that earlier. However, I mean, here's the thing: is is I I consider myself a, a smart person. Maybe some wisdom there. I read a lot. I try to I try to learn a lot. However, the best lessons and the lessons that have had the biggest impact on my life and have driven me way further from a development standpoint, from a, just a internal strength, you know, just all these things has been the, the big mistakes. Um, and without those big mistakes, I probably would not have be as a person I am today. So making that mistake, going to the wirehouse, making that mistake, spending so many years at an independent, it really, I learned, I learned more from what I shouldn't do than what I should do. There's millions of great ideas out there. It's about saying no and learning from the mistakes versus grabbing every opportunity out there. So I wish, you know, I wish I'd go back in time and do it again, but I think yeah. those mistakes definitely, they stick with you. Um, you remember them cause they hurt. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> with it. So like I said, I'm happy where I am. So Great answer. Yeah. I, I, I think that was one of the biggest catalysts for us, you know, starting integrated as well is, you know, the, the things that, you know, that you, that you didn't know, you know, when you were starting and some of those mistakes that you made, because it helps you kind of build that right blueprint moving forward. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you, I'm going to go a little, a little off track here. What would you say were some of the most, who were you, who would you say were some of the most influential people in your life? I mean, I think family, I could go through a list. My, my sister was as physically and mentally tough as they come. And I joke that, you know, she would physically beat me up and beat me on the sports field until I, I'd, I'd hate to admit how long she beat me physically. And I mean, like beat me up, but then beat me in basketball, football and all this other stuff. Yeah. It took me a while to overpass her there. So she made me very uh, competitive, athletic, you know, all the above, but then mentally she did switch to the mental game. So she, I say with love, she made me a tough, tough person. Um, my my parents, obviously, my mom was a teacher. She set really good expectations. Josh, you're going to college and I ain't paying for it. Um, you're going to do <laughs> this or that. And and you just fell through with it. However, you know, they both would, would say, you can do anything. And you, you parents generally say, like, oh, yeah, you can go to the moon if you want. You can be president. The difference that my parents or my mom especially did was is not just saying you can do it, but here's the things you got to do to even have a chance at it, you know, and, and it helped me take steps to succeed. And the expectation was success, not just you can, it was okay. Now this is the expectation. My dad would spend every day, like I memory, like we play sports every day in the yard, you know, he'd work hard. So just spending that time, he was very meticulous about certain things, the way you clean a car neat tidiness. And those are some things that felt over. Um, my grandparents had a big impact. I lived two houses down from them. I'd spend every day during the summer over there. Just, you know, you can do anything. You're going to be, you know, doing great things. Um, and then learning hard, good lessons about serving others and helping others. So yeah, mainly just family has been a huge uh, driver on developing and, and making me who I am. And I've, I've tried to, you know, I had a little part in this. I, I try to hone the 90% that they created and make that extra 10% a little bit better, but mainly it goes back to those people. 
Oh, I love it. It's it's, a, it's good to have that strong family unit. Um, it, it sounds like you and I have a very similar mom and sister. So <laughs> <laughs> you got some strong women in your life. And I, oh, I yes. love that. Absolutely. I love that. Probably no different in your house today. Yeah, I, that's what I tell people. I do well. I mean, three girls, my, my dogs were girls. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I take direction very well. Uh, I can tell you that. Um, my wife gets upset with me sometimes. She's like, why don't you do this? Like, if you just told me to do something, I do everything I'm told. If nobody tells me what to do sometimes, nothing happens. So I've had to teach her that you got to tell me what to do, set the list agenda and I'll do it. But uh, that's, that's why process. that's why you take charge as the financial advisor and making sure that everybody's doing exactly what they need to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> Probably because there's a, there's a list and it's a set process. And if I have a list and set process, boy, I, I do it and I, I do it well um, as long as I have what I'm supposed to do. So I love it. I love and it. That, you know, Josh, that makes me think. So, so with your, you know, I want to make sure, you know, obviously the, the point of this podcast is to share your journey to independence, which, you know, you've done a great job of, and we really appreciate it. And, and like I said at the beginning, I thought it'd be really interesting because you've made a couple of leaps mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it, it all makes sense. But when it comes to your business that you're running today, what is your key offering to clients? Like what makes Capital City Financial Partners different and stand out in the marketplace? Yeah, we we've, we set an objective, golly, two, three years ago. We wanted to be the premier middle market RIA firm in Columbia. We're not the premier high end. So our target market is somewhere between or who we cater our services to is people between 250 and, and 3 million. There's two firms in Columbia that are the premier RIA firms for the high net worth people. And we've basically almost, not by copying directly, but we've modeled the same comprehensive planning process that they do. We just brought it down to that middle market. So we've tried to evolve. We still deal with some high net worth people and we're we're adding services and things that cater to that. But now our next objective is the premier middle market firm in the Carolinas. And that starts with what we call, we've created our process, which is called the capital confidence plan. And, and I always tell people is there's so many things that you could be stressed out about in planning for retirement, really any event. And there's so many things you can't control, like picking Amazon over Apple. Nobody knows that or what the market's going to do or what interest rates are going to do. And, and so a lot of times inaction happens because there's so many complex things that are over top of you. We've kind of cut through that and we've identified five primary things that make the biggest difference uh, on success and that you can control with some relativity. So our capital confidence plan is broken up into five things. Everybody should have an income plan for retirement, identifying exactly what you want to accomplish and how to turn all this stuff. So security, pensions, 401ks into income that's not going to run out. Second thing is a tax plan. Um, I don't mean tax prep. I'm talking about tax planning, taking advantage of low tax rates today, understanding where your tax rates are going to be in the future and work around that. Uh, The third is obviously investments, um, but starting with an appropriate mix of what you're comfortable with, not what somebody forces down your throat. Then we identify healthcare planning, and that's around Medicare as well as long-term care. And the last thing is is some some, uh, legacy planning, you know who's going to take care of you? Who's going to make your financial decisions? Where does your money go? And the most middle market people, they don't get that. They might get the broker who does their investments and not even all their investments, just this portion of their investments. And by combining all those five things for each and every person we deal with, 
we have become the premier middle market RA firm in the area because nobody's even close to us. So that's awesome. I mean, it sounds like it, it really is, you know, I, I, you're speaking my language in that I like the, the total view that you're taking with, with people. And, and it reminds me, it's a little bit off, but it, but it's just a question that you made me think of. And that is, you know, when we talk to advisors who are looking to make that leap to independence, one of their biggest fears, and it's, and it's well-founded, but one of their biggest fears is that they're going to leap out the door and no one's going to follow them, <laughs> you know? And so for whatever reason, sometimes, you know, their firm has done a very good job of getting wallet share with their clients or, or they have sold their firm. But I think I know the answer to this, but I want to ask it anyway. You have transitioned your business from place to place. What is the secret you think to having clients, one, follow you, and then also grow your business from there? Because you can't just be taking the same handful of clients from place to place. <laughs> you have to grow. But, yeah. but you just reminded me of that when you were talking about, you know, how do you get, it's a, and it's, I'm sorry, it's a very poorly worded question, but how do you conquer that fear of people not coming with you? What do you yeah. do? I think it kind of maybe initially goes back to what I talked about, what we do, which is our in-depth planning process. And that that's mm -hmm. not for everybody. I mean, early on in my career, I was a one-trick pony. I sold CDs. It was successful. It was fun. People did business with me. And you could be making a living today just selling CDs. So you don't have to be this comprehensive, blah, 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 holistic, you name all that other stuff. You could be very, very specialized and move independent or do whatever. However, the trick is, is you got to actually be the specialist in that area and your clients have to identify you as that specialist. When I went from my first firm, when I transitioned, boy, I didn't know anything about state planning, health care. Like <laughs> I was 18 months in, ignorant as can be, but I knew CDs and my clients knew I knew them and they followed me because of that. So I think if you do make that transition, the client has to appreciate what it is that you are the expert at. And then I think the relationship is key. You know, I'd only had maybe two months with some of these clients before I left, but most of them came because they identified the expertise and they valued it. And I had a relationship built in and both times we've moved. I mean, it's been 90 something percent have moved. Um, as long as you meet that. Now, if you have a handful of clients that you never meet with and you sold them something two years ago and that's where you, you may have to think twice about it. But um, for the most part, if you have the relationship, if you are that expertise and they value as that you as that expert, it's pretty simple. If the move is in their best interest, you know, hey, I'm moving here because back then I had more options on the CD and safe side. This time moving was simple because, boy, uh, Meryl wouldn't even let you talk about a lot. Of I mean, so being able to do way more planning and helping people, it was just a no brainer for these clients. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, Josh, that makes me uh, think of another question for you, too, you know, because it's always a question that I get on a regular basis. And Jason, I'm sure you do as well is, you know, how and, and you've done a great job, Josh, with building out your staff. You've got a very, I think of all the, you know, 36 different office locations that we work with that are part of our network. Um, I think you definitely have the largest staff. And I know that you've, you know, you, you, you've built a very good staff and you've, 
you know, you, you, you have interns that work with you. So I guess it's kind of a two-part question. How did you decide on building your staff, like what you were going to do? And then with the transitions that you've made, were there people that you decided to bring with you? Or, you know, how did you make, how did you make those decisions to either bring somebody with you or versus hire someone later to fill in those spots to really kind of focus on those areas of, you know, the specialty areas that, that you guys offer in your, in your, um, in your firm? Absolutely. For the most part, bring, 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 bring on our end. And once again, this is, this is something where you got to think about who you are and what you are. And I go back to this whole move into this RIA space and, some people are afraid of it because it's this wide open blue ocean and man, having to make employment decisions and blah, blah, blah. That's scary. However, for some people, that's exactly what they wanted. I don't necessarily want blue oceans. I want some islands with some structure around maybe some areas that I'm not caring about. However, employees are one of the things I care about the most. I view our employees as our biggest asset and it's the number one tool to make my life way happier. We talked about that work-life balance, less stress. Not that I don't work hard. I work really, really, really hard. However, I work really, really hard primarily on a handful of things that number one, I'm really good at and I really enjoy. And, And these people just allow me to do that. So that's my big philosophy is my people. I don't know how we did this, but got lucky hiring the first few. Um, and, and we've, we've hired well from there. And I think it goes back to clients. I see a lot of advisors, they, you know, we, we talk at conferences, they're like, oh, my clients are this, or they're so, so whatever, like you name it, some bad name. And it's like, well, if you have a lot of clients like that, and I don't want to like throw stones at people, but your clients are typically going to be like you. So if you're a jerk, <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to attract clients just like you. Same thing with employees. You may get this employee that sneaks in that has these different, you know, values or work life, you know, whatever. But um, we've done that. That people we've hired people that are like us have the same kind of mindset, the same values. You know, we work hard, we we have fun, but we're we're nice to people. Um, yeah. I mean, those are the key things. Um, Thirdly, I guess there's so many different directions. Is the other success we've had is is being in Columbia. I know it's not the you know, you, you think of New York City, Charlotte now, and then Columbia, the three top financial destinations. Everybody wants to work in Columbia. Um, <laughs> so that's a that's a problem that we've faced. And um, one thing we did start is you hit on an internship program. We've got pound for pound the best business school in America uh, here in Columbia at USC, uh, Spurs up. And most of these kids, they graduate Carolina and they go off somewhere else and they're extremely successful. And by tapping into this, we're able to, number one, provide a great job experience. All of our internships have gone on to big things, so to say, but it it allows us, it's almost like an elongated job interview. They sit here for two years and they realize, you know, Columbia wasn't my first choice, but I really like this. This is fun. The devil you know versus the devil you don't know. We've been able to keep a lot of talent that would never, ever, ever apply for a job in Columbia through our internship programs. And it also gives us multiple years where we not only get to see how they work, but who they are and Mm -hmm. they get to see who we are. And that's what's been able to primarily allow us to grow our employee base so big while still keeping a pretty cohesive culture and and mindset around that. So I know it went a lot of different Mm -hmm. directions, but. Um, no, that was, that was great. Yeah. Huge I'm, thing for us. 
I've never success. really had that. That's great. I've, I've just never really had the opportunity to ask you that before. So I thought this would be a, a great, uh, a great platform for that. <laughs> we have a couple of, you know, interesting little more personal questions that, um, that we kind of threw in here with what we wanted to, to ask. So Jason, is there uh, any of the, the, the top little personal questions that you think would be best to, that you'd like to ask Josh? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think, it's it's important, at least in my life, um, to talk a little bit about mentors. And sometimes mentors can be even fictional characters from literature or whatnot. Um, uh, like you said earlier, it's something I suffer with and my son suffer with, and I'll bet your son suffers with, and that is you learn through doing things wrong. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but I think it was Mark Twain who said wisdom comes from good judgment and good judgment comes from bad judgment, something along those lines. So if you're, if you're thinking about your life and, you know, do you, and this is a, a multi-part question, but do you have a mentor or do you mentor someone or, you know, does that mean anything to you? It sounds like you're very community oriented. So I thought it might uh, resonate with you. Yeah, oddly enough, I, I don't really have a lot of involvement with other advisors. Um, I, you know, I, I love this, I do this, but I don't associate a bunch of, you know, all my friends are not advisors. <laughs> oddly enough, they're not. But uh, um, I do mentor a good bit here. Um, and that's one thing that one of my main jobs now, uh, one of three main jobs is not to manage, uh, and I got to do way better at this. So this is a, a learning thing. But not managing anymore, but continue to talking to our employees individually and figuring out where they want to go. What's their next step? What do they want to learn and help mentoring those? I also benefit from getting a lot of applicants through our internship program, through people just wanting to work for us. And every person that comes in wanting a job with us, regardless of whether we, we hire them or not, or even take them into a second thing, I always take the time to talk through and say, hey, you know, this may not be the best option for you, but man, here's two, three things that you should consider or ways you could go. And I don't mind connecting you with those people. So anytime you can put somebody on a good path, I don't believe in karma, but you help people, it's going to come back to you. And, and that's how we've been successful and we keep doing it. On the receiving end, um, I have been lucky of, of identifying people and associating with people that have been really, really good. I talked about that first job, how, boy, they did a lot of things that are not right. However, they did a lot of things that were at the top 1% of performers. And so I quickly try to learn from them the successful things, two or three things, and then learned a lot of the stuff not to do. And then moved on to another. I was in several, you know, in college, I sold knives. We were part of one of the best offices in the cold country, learned from the best. I sold some water systems in between uh, joining the garden or actually college and and was in one of the best offices there. And so I've learned in spurts from finding somebody that's been extremely successful in, in spending 12 months, 18 months, two years, learning the two or three things really important, but let me identify the things not to do. And so I, hopefully I've learned from other people's mistakes a lot as well um, for that. Now I'm also part of a lot of coaching groups um, uh, that I do benefit from 
Um, and that is a form of mentorship, but I think when you pay somebody that's coaching and mentoring, it maybe it's free, who knows? I don't know really get the <laughs> schematics of uh, mentorship, but uh, I think it's been an evolving process where it's, you know, a, a you know, two, three year cycle where I want some other perspective or, or grow from there, but absolutely um, learning from other people is I credit my mom with this quote, but I don't think she actually said it, but you find people that are extremely successful and you go learn everything you can from them. And then you, you, you go into the next successful person. Uh, you know, if you spend a year with somebody, you're going to learn 80% of what they do. Yeah. hundred percent would be great, but you move on to another person and you learn 80% of theirs. Yeah. Those two up, that's more than hundred percent of the first guy. So uh, continuously learning from the best, finding people that are successful in some form or fashion and, and learning from them. But it's, it's great that you say that because, you know, literally that ties right back into the reason why we're, we're talking. And that is, you know, the podcast is really designed to share your story and others like you because people can learn from that. And things that we may not think are that uh, pivotal or that important may really resonate with someone who is you know, considering going independent. Uh, I, I think we've, you know, we've covered a lot of topics here. You've been very generous with your time. I, I really appreciate it. I would, you know, my last question, Linda may have, may have more, but my last question for you would be all of, all of your experiences together, your, your success with Capital City Financial Partners, what advice would you give to someone? What, what advice, and I'll, and I'll phrase it this way, what advice would you give to yourself 10 or 15 years ago um, or someone who's really thinking, you know, somebody who may be listening to this, who's saying, you know, I, I'm not happy with my situation. I think it could be better, but I don't want to risk it or I'm not sure if I want to take that leap because what if it's not better? You know, so what advice would you give them? I think the the biggest advice I would have is, is generally if you're thinking about it, more than likely you should do it. Um, that's just your gut telling you and your heart or something's telling you that you should probably act on something. However, you want to take the time and, and understand the options. Uh, like I said, we threw the RIA route out the, out the door like quickly. Cause we was like, oh, I got to do this, this, no, no. And we threw it out. You want to, Find, look at all your options, lay them out, and understand that even on the broker-dealer side, there's so much variance between A and B on the independent side, A and B. Or I mean, there's so many variants that before you go and make a big decision, this is a life-changing, this is a huge, huge decision to be made. Your gut's telling you to do it if you're thinking about it. So that's number one. Uh, but number two, you got to take the time and dig through all the options. Okay. Don't just throw one away because one firm just was the way they did stuff was awful. The other thing I'd encourage is find individuals who, you know, maybe like me, who've been on multiple areas and you can talk through with them or, but also find some other advisor firms that are culturally like you personally, like you that had these different paths and just talk it through with them. Because I've actually, I mean, I've talked to several advisors and, you know, some of them have these concerns and I'm like, you know, actually, you know, you're better off in let's say a XYZ firm. And then others are other, because I've been through it, I can kind of hear it. And I was like, I would maybe consider these two options, you know? So talk to advisors that have been through the process, multiple ones, like I said, make sure their practice and their goals and objectives and the way they run their business is similar. It doesn't have to be exactly the same, but 
Um, and then talk to multiple people. This is a huge decision, but take your time, but move fast. I know that's just, <laughs> that was, that was a uh, contra, whatever you want to call it. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, but, don't, don't overthink it. Don't overthink yeah, it. Exactly. I, yeah. Because I think that's what a lot of people that are in that, you know, kind of the beginning stages of looking to go independent they overwhelm themselves with so many options that are available. Do I go the independent broker dealer route? Do I go the complete RA route? What do I do? There's, um, you know, there, there's a lot of people out there that they can call and help. And, and hopefully this podcast will, you know, maybe resonate with somebody that can reach out to you and maybe get your opinion on, Hey, <laughs> I'm looking to go independent. You had a, you had a great interview with integrated and let's, you know, maybe, maybe you can help point me in the right direction here. You know, I, I love what you said about making sure that you align yourself with people that, you know, especially from a work perspective that are like you. Um, I feel that we've got that with our staff here at integrated. Um, and, and Jason, you said, I might have another question. No, this is how like we are is that you asked the question that I was thinking. So, <laughs> So I think we're on the right track there. No, well, and, I, and I would say I promised that it would be my last question, but it actually made me think of another question. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so if you don't mind, you know, you had said, well, we considered the RIA route, and it was just too much, and so we threw that out the out the window. Could you just give me a, a additional clarity on on what you mean by that? Yeah, we hired this consultant. I forget. I don't even know what we paid this person, but she came into us one day and we. If spent it's a, a whole, consultant, you paid him a lot. Yeah, yeah. It was. <laughs> I, I don't want to remember how much it cost, but so we paid her. She came in. She had this all day long presentation, and it was all about well, it's going to cost a hundred thousand dollars just to get all these registrations. You're going to have to hire this hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you know, uh, gosh, chief compliance officer. You're gonna have these liabilities. You're gonna to have to give up this completely. You got like it was like holy cow! Like we just want to like meet with clients. We want to have a great team. Like I don't want to add all this stuff. Like in all this month. Like no, thank you. We'll move on. And we were, we went into that meeting thing like this is the route we want to go. This makes the most sense. Like duh. I mean, you know, how much more successful could we be when we can fully act and I mean like. And then we left there like, oh my God, it was, it, it, you like got blown up in the face. I mean, and then that's why I was so surprised that, you know, we didn't take the time and think that there's gotta be other ways. I mean, there's gotta be other firms. I mean, and we just ignored it. Um, and when that Edward Jones guy, I was actually, or not Edward Jones, Raymond, no, Raymond, yeah, it was Raymond James guy. I was like, you know, we were thinking of maybe switching on the independent side of Raymond James. I went back to him and I, I just, I need to go back and probably thank him. And he was like, you know, we could, <laughs> We could talk about this, but I think you need to talk to somebody else as well. And, and that's what people should do. If if somebody comes in, you you life decision like this and you go to me and you say, well, Josh, I heard you. I want you to give me a, my opinion of where I should go. If they don't say like, here's another person I think you should talk to or at least find somebody else to talk to. Here's the type. That's probably not a good person to talk to. <laughs> but, uh, I thank goodness because he actually pointed me in a direction that doing no business with them at all, but it was the absolute perfect fit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's all. Now uh, I got, like I said, I have another question. You just reminded (laughs) me. And that is, you know, do you think that, um, you know, you will grow to a point to where you want to do 
all of that where you want to, you know, get your own uh, chief compliance officer and deal with all that kind of business? Or do you think that, because uh, obviously, you know, it's somewhat of a self-serving question, but, but please answer it. But mm-hmm. the, you know, integrated does that, uh, does all that for you. Mm-hmm. And do you think you'll get to a point, I guess, where you would outgrow our services or not need us? I mean, I think and don't feel a, like you have to be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think from a I, this is this is a fully honest answer. From a scale standpoint, we're we're there. We could do it. To be honest with you, we 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 have the the size and the scale that we could do it properly. With that, I value. I mean, I know what I know, and I'm. I, I feel like we're really good at what we do. Compliance is extremely valuable to us. And I don't know all the ins and outs. So it's a much grayer black, it's, it's a much more unknown box for me. And the thought of, you know, bringing it in house and saving $10,000 a year. I mean, something, I mean, don't get me wrong, 10,000 is a lot of money, but taking on all that risk, having another, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. In fact, and I'm, and I'm pretty, you know, I'm a person, I always want to do it on my own. I want my, I want my business to do my stuff and we're going to grow and have all these services. And we're at actually at a crossroads right now where it's mentally wise. We're, we're bringing in a CPA. Um, we've communicated with some other services to expand out what our business is doing. And that does not include a chief compliance officer. No, thanks. <laughs> and here's the other thing, oddly enough, is, is we're actually considering outsourcing even more things mm-hmm. to the are y'all or even a third party like investment management, you know, or it, not invest investment implementation um, because God is so important. You mess up here. And because our mindset is so much on planning and adding extra services to clients, I don't want to have to think about the most technical or, you know, this legalese or whatever to trip us up. I mean, things are too good to think about that. So, so no, um, not really. No, you, maybe we get so big where we, we buy you guys up and you just do it for it. But, not, um, <laughs> but uh, no, no intentions there or even thoughts. It's just, but some people are, I'll be honest with you. Some guys that leave it or girls or gals or whatever, they leave a firm and they have a heavy compliance expertise and that's their thing. Okay, great. Take that mm-hmm. on and, and you offload other things. But in our business, these things are too important. I mean, way yeah. too important. You're dealing with people's lives here and things that are, you can't recover from you, you, you mess up a tax thing, you mess up an investment. These things are too important. And to think that we can stay on top of all these, no thanks. Uh, we just can't juggle that right now. So um, <laughs> hire better people. And I talked about this before, hiring people. And we came to this firm for a reason because I want to hire good people that I do not have to think about. When I bring somebody in, I don't want to ever think about it again. Mm-hmm. at least for years and years. So um, well that said. was a big point for us. So, Yeah, very well said. Very well said. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Josh, that's why I'm so thankful that that you joined us today, number one. And I'm also very thankful for all of the, the advisors that are on the integrated platform because, you know, I mean, we're here to serve you. And whatever we can do to kind of take off some of the heavy lifting or take some of the heavy lifting away from you and be able to really help you focus on what you do best which is working with your clients and managing their accounts and and helping their their dreams become reality from a financial 
you know, standpoint. And um, anyway, so thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for, again, taking time to talk to us today. And I just want to make sure that everybody knows how to uh, get in touch with Josh if they'd like to learn more about Capital Cities. His uh, website is capitalcityfinancialpartners.com. And again, we're, we're happy to have had you on our, our first episode here. And do you, do you have any, do you have any questions for us? Should have asked no, I mean, you that. How, what a horrible host. We didn't even ask you if you had any questions. I, I don't know. I, I could have come up with something witty. Like I'm going to find our Starbucks gift card or something. Like I was supposed to get paid for that. But uh, <laughs> this is fun. I, I enjoyed this. I, man, I love you. Be careful if you call or email me about business because I love talking about the business side of this. <laughs> but I also like the fact that I can sleep at night. I don't have to worry about X, Y, and Z. And for me, that's compliance and a handful of other things. So I love this opportunity and the ability to grow our firm to a, a point where people actually want to maybe listen to what we say. And that has a lot to do with, with a lot of the services y'all have provided for us. So thank you very much. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. Well, we are... Again, extremely thankful that you joined us. Uh, We want to remind everybody that you can pick up our podcast on any of the major podcast directories or anywhere that you you listen to your podcast or any of our social media outlets or our website at integratedadvisorsnetwork.com. So with that, we thank all of our listeners for joining. We thank Josh. We thank we thank our are thankful of our partnership with Capital Cities. And uh, Jason and I would like to thank you for joining today. And um, we'll stay tuned, and we'll uh, we'll catch you at our next episode. All right. Thank you very much, Josh. Thank you. We'll see. You. Thank you, Josh. Thank you for listening. To find other tools and resources, I encourage you to visit our website at integratedadvisorsnetwork.com or feel free to give me a call at 855-729-4222 for specific questions or you can email me at lynda at integratedadvisorsnetwork.com. Please note that all conversations are handled with complete discretion and confidentiality. Again, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with a colleague who might benefit from its content. This is Linda Pix, and I thank you for listening to Integrated Advisors Network podcast series, Journey to Independence.